The Crosstalk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. 785-7914 this hour. Brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, give us a call using the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-7914. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. We're also going to be on Facebook Live momentarily. You'll be able to uh, log in and watch this uh, magical mystery unfold. It is something to behold, I tell you. And if you, and we are on? Okay. So if you are now on Facebook Live, you'll notice that we have a guest in the studio. It is none other than Jessica Olson. Yeah, that Jessica Olson. She's on La Crosse City Council. She's also La Crosse City Council rep on La Crosse Center Board. And... Um, and Jessica, first of all, thanks for coming in. I well, really appreciate it. Thank you, Mitch. I'm glad to be here today. I mean, what we're going to do is, um, and I, if you hadn't heard the news, La Crosse Chamber of Commerce, La Crosse Area Chamber of Commerce today uh, sent out an email blast to all of its members, uh, urging them to contact city council members and uh, weigh in on the La Crosse Center expansion. Um, now, there's that's that's one group. <laughs> there, there's other groups that are that are. Backing that effort, downtown Main Street, Explore Lacrosse, uh, Seven Rivers Alliance. Um, I guess the point of all that is that this is uh, this has become a higher and higher profile issue as we get closer and closer to the possibility of the city council overriding Mayor Tim Cabot's veto, and that would happen next week if it does happen. So we're going to talk about that, and Jessica would like for you to ask her questions. She has come here specifically to answer your questions. So uh, I feel free to do that. Either call in or text in at 608-785-7914. You were telling me, before we got on the air, you were telling me that you've been answering a lot of emails. Yes, A lot of emails about the Lacrosse Center expansion. Uh, Give us a sense for how many emails this is (laughs) we're talking about. Um, It's roughly around 200. Um, And uh, they have all just poured in within the last two or three weeks uh, since it came up for the final vote. And uh, I've done my best. I've I've tried to personally respond to every single person who's contacted me, no matter what their opinion is or how how strongly they feel either way in support or against it. And I've been trying to uh, help people understand some of the background information and yeah. I've been I've been correcting a lot of uh, misunderstandings like you know I, I'm still getting the white box comments and sure. yeah. I, I've been asked well why can't you build up rather than build out that's another huge one that I'm getting and the other council members are getting and the answer to that one is the engineers they went through and they did a study of the whole structure and they determined the arena was never meant to ever add a, another floor on top of it so even though that sounds like a, a good alternative that was already asked and answered and we moved on and uh, the other one I'm getting is well if we're going to spend that much money let's just bulldoze it and build a brand new one <laughs> over at Riverside North which yep, again right. if no, you, I, I hear that one a lot yep. and if you weren't involved with the process that's actually I mean that's not a bad yeah. idea if you were starting fresh from scratch but we're over two and a half years in and a lot of people have been working together on this and uh, quite frankly we don't have 200 million to recreate yeah. what the asset that we already have we have to work with what we have and make it's, it's the life of 
the existing structure also serve us on into the future. So that's kind of the two big ones that I've been getting. Um, and I'm, I'm really open to, to engaging with the public. Unfortunately, Wait, I can't. Those are the, those are the two big, the biggest ones you got, the, the white box and building Riverside North? Well, are the those two are the, the, the two alternatives. Because, okay. I, I mean, people can say, <laughs> right. no, no, don't do it. And right, I, I right, respect right, anybody. Right. Yeah. If they have philosophical objections to going into the park, but yeah. that's not something I want to change anybody's mind because that's their feelings and that's sure. their, I, I totally respect that, but not everybody agrees with that. Um, and Parks Board actually felt that this would be an enhancement. So that's mm-hmm. evidence that there, there, there is open mind uh, towards potentially going into the park. Um, and so it's it's been a lot of and and, and the, the taxes as well that's been out there. But in truth, even if we scale back and go with a forty two million dollar plan, the tax increase is eighty percent of what it will be to do it correctly. In other words, what the consultants from Chicago tell us, this is the money maker. This is the one that's going to be feasible and, and operational for the life of the structure. Okay. So. Uh, and let's run the numbers real quickly on the Lacrosse Center expansion. And we've heard these numbers bandied about several times. Uh, roughly speaking, I mean, you know, things change over time. But roughly speaking, we're talking about what uh, what was approved at, by the Lacrosse City Council was a forty nine million dollar expansion with forty three million dollars worth of borrowing. Again, roughly speaking, because mm-hmm. you know things things do change and um, people address issues later on mm-hmm. down the road. Every project the city does is like that. Um, it adds. I want to say 27,000 square feet of space, something like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's an enormous amount of space that yes. it adds within Lacrosse Center. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the other numbers, obviously, that it, um, you know, covers um, the, the B1 uh, plan that everybody's familiar with, covers about a half an acre of Riverside Park, which is a 20 acre park. Um, there is the $12 million, I guess, that is projected to come into the economy annually uh, by building the Lacrosse Center. So if, if you have questions of Jessica Olson, again, she's on Lacrosse City Council. She's uh, the council's uh, representative on the center board. If you have questions of her, call us right now at 608-785-7914 or send a text. I hear some of you sending texts already, so we'll get to those uh, uh, coming up uh, relatively shortly. Mm-hmm. When you... Um, when you... We, we need to, One of the things that we need answers on in relation to the money, because one of the big biggest questions that I get is in relation to who does this benefit? Because I can imagine, you know, I, I we again we we saw the email blast today. Chamber of Commerce, Explore Lacrosse, um, Downtown Main Street, Seven Rivers Alliance. There is a, a significant tourist business in, interest in expanding the Lacrosse Center to the extent that has been already approved by the City Council, and vetoed by the Mayor. Mm-hmm. But there's some skepticism out there about how that will benefit just regular Joe. So we'll tackle that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. Once again, she would like your questions. So give us a call 608-785-7914 right after this. Panel practice is kind of fun sometimes, but it- I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. If you'd like to join us here on the air, that's how one would do that at 608-785-7914. In the studio this hour with uh, Jessica Olson, who is on the Lacrosse City Council and is the council's representative on the Lacrosse Center board. Obviously, some 
high drama going on with Lacrosse Center right now. Expansion <laughs> plans that were approved by the city council but vetoed by the mayor, and um, that uh, next a week from today is when um, that will go before the city council, and uh, you know where there'll be an attempt to override that uh, that veto. Uh, if you have questions, I, and you know. I've I've received multiple questions, and typically I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a really good answer. But so we got the person that that has most, if not all, the answers. I'd love you to, to uh, ask that. The reason why she came here is because she asked if she could a- answer questions, no matter how hostile, <laughs> in relation to the lacrosse center. So Jessica Olson, and again I appreciate you being here. Let me start with one somebody sent in on a text the text line, the Better Hearing Center talk a text line. This question, and I know this has been um, something that has been discussed in relation to competing with places like Wisconsin Dells for conventions, right? That's mm-hmm. and that that is that's part of this, and we we've heard Correct. that yes uh, in relation to building this expansion. So the question from one listener is: Do you do you really think you could take conventions away from the Dells? And, yes, and why? Yes, because Wisconsin Dells, their secondary offering is. The water park, yeah. the family attraction, here in Lacrosse, our secondary attraction is the Mississippi River. Mm. People are going to come here just because we're on the river. I mean, a lot of times, you and I, people that stay here long enough, it's just there. But to other people from outside, that's a very special experience that is is part and parcel to what would attract events to come here. So that's that's kind of my answer to that one. I, I really do feel each community has its own highlight point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're lucky. We not only have the river, we also have the historic downtown. We have a, a lot of flourishing businesses down there that can serve that, that traffic that would come through um, that will give people who come here a very positive experience, and that snowballs into more and more people wanting to come and, and make use of that space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Greg on Facebook says this, just invest your own money into a convention center, a concert hall, or whatever enterprise you wish to be in. Don't force your neighbors to finance your business endeavor. So I want to address that in in the context of property taxes because mm-hmm. you, and I think nobody, we had not heard this put in a way, put as bluntly as you put it, mm-hmm. at a meeting Last month, what's July, so June, last month when you said that, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said that this inevitably, there was, there was going to have to be this, you know, people were going to have to pay for part of this on their property taxes. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'd, that even, that had not even been a point of discussion prior to that. And not regard, in the, the city, well, City council hasn't really discussed it, but I mean, mm-hmm. not not to that that extent. But there hadn't been a conversation about property taxes going towards the Lacrosse Center expansion. So, make that argument. Then, what? Why? Why do I? Why should I? Or not me? Why should Dorothy on the South Side invest her property tax dollars into the Lacrosse Center? Because I prefer to invest your dollars rather than see them waste away because the center is in the decline. Mm-hmm. That study done, and it was before I was on council, but they had the, the consultants come in and, and, and look at it and determine what the options were versus standing still and doing nothing. And uh, with the deterioration, the difficulty in competing for events, we've had different venues 
come into existence mm -hmm. since that center was built uh, that are competing for the same type size events. Uh, and we're going downhill, as is. I mean, we're... Back 10 years ago, the, the number of large events coming in was around 30, 35. That's not the daily hustle and bustle of stuff that's going down, you know, almost every day of the week down there, but the big, big major ones. Sure. And now we're, we're, we're heading downward. We're trending into the lower 20s because we're not large enough. Like the Moses, the Moses con uh, conference is, is saying either, either grow or we have to leave. Um, and we can't capture other larger type events that really need that extra space and they're going elsewhere we could capture that here in lacrosse and the economic benefit of that is not only the job creation and the money that's actually spent but the the reverberative effect because you have 150 livelihoods that are going to be in existence as a result of this center being created if you don't create it what happens is the center continues to decline and eventually they aren't able to pay their bills their operating revenues are going to are going to fall to the point where their their expenses exceed their revenues, and then they're going to be coming back to City Hall asking the taxpayers to make up that gap. So it's not like you're just going to coast along and have a, a zero-sum game if you do nothing. You are going to start to lose money, and I'd just rather invest it in something that will, will provide that economic benefit. So you think that economic benefit, and again, and I, I, I hear this a lot, okay, we have... Um, People coming in, and I don't remember the thousands of visitors projected every year, additional thousands of visitors coming into the city every year, but it was, it was substantial. We have economic activity, $12 million annually within the city of La Crosse is the projection, mm -hmm. assuming this, this uh, expansion is built. Um, and and I, I, I've heard about how that money comes in and how it helps, you know, that you create the jobs mm -hmm. and even the reverberative effect, as you detailed it, <laughs> But is that really going to get to the point where, where folks who, who have no connection with uh, downtown businesses or La Crosse Center will really get to the point where they're, they're feeling some economic benefit, where they go, huh, well, I feel like, or is it just that we're limiting the amount of money they would otherwise spend? They are going to experience a benefit, but okay. it's not going to be obvious okay. because... It, it, it's the difference between is the house next door to yours going to sit vacant or is there going to be somebody who can afford a mortgage to move in there, to renovate it, to raise a family in there? They can't do that without a job. And so, it, you know, people have asked me about, well, why don't landlords invest more money and upgrade their properties and improve neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. It all goes back to what people can afford to pay in rent or their mortgage. And without the jobs... That, that engine doesn't turn. That's why you have to have other programs to try to mitigate the, the, the spot rot in neighborhoods of these structures that are, are failing and, and, and deteriorating and the high crime and the, and, and the problems associated with that. But when you create livelihoods, you're, you're growing the community as, as, a, as a societal benefit rather than just trying to make do and, and, and get by. Jessica Olson is on the Lacrosse City Council. She's also the council's representative on Lacrosse Center Board, and we're talking about Lacrosse Center expansion. This has turned into an issue that has uh, become pretty divisive, I think, in the community, but has also garnered a lot of attention from uh, a lot of folks who are not just now paying attention and uh, to the expansion plans. And we're talking about a $49 million expansion with $43 million of borrowing. Uh, so she's willing to take any of your questions. We have some coming in on the, the Better Hearing Center talk and text lines. So um, it, we will 
ask those questions, but feel free to call in as well at 608-785-7914. Now, this listener asks, Jessica, does this mean that the lacrosse center will operate in the black paying for itself? And if so, why do we need to increase taxes to pay for it? Or is this just welfare for downtown businesses? By the way, James says he voted for you. So... (laughs) Well, thank you, James, for your vote. Uh, well, no, I, I do not see this as just welfare for downtown businesses. I think yeah. that's that's really kind of undercutting the the people who've who've taken a huge risk financially, personally, and entrepreneurial to, to to bring that place back. I grew up here back when downtown was a no go zone. My parents wouldn't let me ride my bike down there alone. It was that sketchy. Wow. And so you, you have to look at it as a, as a whole and what it represents to the whole community. And and the center is the channel by which people from outside come in, leave their money behind, and then they go home. So it and, and it does it does soak into the community because there's going to be jobs for waiters, for event planners, for uh, cooks and and uh, maids and and hotel managers. And there's going to be a whole a whole I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be a whole lot of, of things going on down there as a result of this expansion that's going to create opportunity for people to go out and make a livelihood on the private market. Um, I think, you know, I, I appreciate the skepticism from a lot of people, but and I, I do respect, actually, the mayor's veto. He, he really galvanized a lot of energy around some things that we needed to look at. And one of the things that I, I have been in contact with him was that the topic of, of potentially raising the, the room tax rate. We're allowed to do that under state statute, and I told him that if he wants to put together an ad hoc committee to study that, that I would be willing to, to chair it and lead that discussion going forward because there's a valid point that since the downtown is the first layer that, that gets that impact before it, it it hits the community, that maybe some of that expenditure needs to go back on onto that layer. And so I think that's the discussion that the mayor wanted, and I actually, I've come to appreciate why he did the veto and, and, the, and the pressure and the forces that that created and how this has gone along because council could override they could sustain whichever way i think good things have happened as a result of that so that's interesting that conversation about room taxes because i i I wonder would that not have been proper to have that conversation all along and the answer to that is no okay and i'll explain because the lacrosse center board they they thrive on relationships with the other groups uh, that you, you mentioned at the downtown, the yeah, Seven Rivers right, Alliance, right, right, the right. Convention Visitors Bureau, et cetera. And a room tax increase would, would really negatively affect those partners. And the center board is not the authoritative body on that. They're, they're, if they were to have a vote or to do something, it would be purely advisory. It goes back to the city council, and the city council is the decision maker as far as whether or not an increase would happen and how that money would be applied, who it would go to. So, um, you know, a suggestion I made to the mayor was, well, rather than pushing the center board into potentially damaging their relationships with those important partners going forward, you know, bring it to a different committee that can can look at it a little bit more independently mm-hmm. and you know without any bias or worry about that that relationship damage and get an advisory out of that committee to make a decision at the council level because that's really where it comes back to is council always controls the purse strings and so that's that's kind of the development that I've had in my mind in the last couple of weeks. And so far, the mayor seems receptive to that, but I don't want to speak on, on behalf of him. But just so you know, there's different things that have come out since that veto. Okay. I just, I, when I go back to the room tax for just a minute, though, and, and what I'm, I think what I'm hearing you saying is that 
And, and truly, that, that is not the purview of the lacrosse center board to, to have those discussions. However, you know, when, when we're looking at the, the uh, profiles and projections, and uh, there is a, a lot of monetary stuff that's included in that, mm-hmm. and I, I know that there is some room tax discussion in some of what I've seen, so that certainly was part of the discussion. And I think what I'm hearing you saying is that it, it was just far more, it was just a harder push in relation to the downtown business groups rather than to do it ahead of time. Well, here's the thing, Mitch, is if the center board doesn't actually have the authority, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of pointless to send them out there okay. to go, you know, beat up on, you know, relationships that they need to rely on to to function properly once the expansion is done. So, I, I'm not against it, but at the same time, I see why the board has not gone further than just discussion at this point. So, I'm like, I made the. It, Offer to the mayor to to chair a different committee going forward to sort of protect that those working relationships, and I, I hope he takes me up on the offer. Jessica Olson is on the Lacrosse City Council. She's the council's representative on Lacrosse Center Board. A number of messages coming in with questions. If you'd like to call in, feel free on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Also, some questions on Facebook. We'll get to that. We have to go to news, and we'll come back with more of your questions about the Lacrosse Center expansion and. The looming vote to override Mayor Tim Cavett's veto. That's coming up right after this. Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center Talk and Text Line. You can use that to call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the show. 608-785-7914. We're talking, um, well, this is uh, timely in a couple different ways. First of all, we're a week away now from Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot facing an override of his veto of Lacrosse Center expansion plans. That's a week from today. Today, Lacrosse Area Chamber of Commerce blasted out an email urging members of businesses urging members to contact city council members and um, via email, or call them or whatever, and the mayor, and uh, make a case for why the Lacrosse Center expansion is a good idea. And so Lacrosse Chamber of Commerce, Explore Lacrosse, Seven Rivers Alliance, and somebody else I'm missing is not in there. Anyway, so yeah, uh, downtown Main Street. So those groups have created a website that backs this notion that Lacrosse Center expansion is a great deal and a great idea, and uh, good for the city, good for business, and good for everybody else as well. So, with all of that going on, Jessica Olson uh, offered to come in and answer questions about the Lacrosse Center, and she is on the Lacrosse City Council. But she is, more importantly, the representative of the council on the center board, and has been at the heart of all of these discussions. You've also been in a position of of defending these plans to the Lacrosse City Council and and otherwise. I mean mm-hmm. publicly as well. It's what you're doing right now, frankly. Yes. Yep. Uh this is uh and this is a, you know, this is a, a hot button issue. Mm-hmm. Uh you've already talked about answering a couple hundred emails. What overall is it is it skepticism or is it frustrate what are you hearing most 
from people that you talk to in, in the public about this. Are, is there anybody who's supportive? Oh, there are a lot of people who are supportive. Okay. And, and not only that, but in in my experience engaging with all of the people, the, the ones that respond to me are saying, well, thank you for explaining that. Now mm-hmm. that I know all the facts, I... I think a little bit differently. Maybe, maybe it would be okay. And so that really led me to believe that this is uh, the biggest problem we have right now is the misinformation that people think this is a final design, and it's not. It's a floor plan, and we have to use what the engineers and the architects bring to us as what's physically possible. Mm-hmm. And analyze the economic function of it and really the the spirit of this of this plan was to set the center staff up for success over the next 20 years it wasn't well how big can we go or how much can we spend it was what's going to ensure that the center board doesn't have to come back to council in 10 years and say we ran out of room we need to do another another expansion if we're going to invest in it we have to invest in it right and we really have to trust. We, we, we bring these people in from Chicago to advise us because this is what they do for a living. They understand convention centers. There's certain industry standards that hallways and corridors and, and rooms have to be certain dimensions, and they have to, they have to meet certain guidelines so that they, they function properly. Mm-hmm. And, and the, one of the big questions that has come from the Parks Board is, well, why can't we move it back a little bit? Why can't we scale back? And I've looked over the floor plan many, many times. And here's here's the problem, Mitch. There's only four ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And all four of those options have major flaws that, in all honesty, it's not fair to go back and ask the architects to design us something with such a flaw in terms of what, what that does to their reputation as, as consultants and architects for mm-hmm. this, this genre of, 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 uh, of construction. Um, so, you know, I could go over what those four options are with anybody who wants to, to see the, the, you know, we have big booklets with all the floor plans and dimensions sure. and all of that. Right. And I'd be happy to sit down, but it's, I really need to have like a 15 minutes of somebody's time to really bring them around to see what's, what we're facing okay. and why there hasn't been a scale back to this point. So um, I'm going to try to convey that to council when we go back into the chambers to, to vote the final time. And I really think that if council wants that to, to scale back, the council should be making that recommendation clear themselves and not asking the architects to flaw to create a flaw or, or invent a flaw to the plan to accomplish that hmm. so uh the crosstalk pmwi is the mp you'd like to give us a call 608-785-794 you slip your uh, headphones on so we can okay, we've got sure. um, number three would like to answer a question give me one second quick all right here we go working on the headphones still working got them all right here we go so uh number three thanks for waiting go ahead you're on I was wondering if you could tell me from the top 10 conventions that you had last year, how much of a profit we made on those 10. I do not have the um, the numbers in front of me. Those would be in my files from the board meetings, but I don't have every single number you know memorized in the top of my head, but I could certainly provide that if you'd give me a phone number. Okay. And another question. I'm paying $3,700 a year for taxes. How much a year more is that going to cost me? I'm on a fixed income. Well, the average over 20 years is going to be $60 a year, but it sounds like you're less than the uh, the $120,000 median uh, home 
uh, assessment. So, uh, and, and every year it's a little bit different, and uh, there's a reason why the taxes in the in the later years, the last half, jump up to that 140 range, and that has to do with some of the TIDs retiring and uh, uh, certain the, the increment goes back to the other taxing jurisdictions at that point. Um, so that's why there's that jump at year 10. Um, in the meantime, the range is between $3 and uh, I believe $49. And that's, once again, the $120,000 average median priced house tax bill increase. So, I mean, as far as your particular house, I'd have to sit down and do the math and figure out exactly what ratio that would be, but that's, that's the average. Well, yeah, nobody knows for sure, right? There are some questions here exactly what those those numbers will be, for sure. I mean, these are all, again, remember, these are all projections, and 20 years from now, it's hard for us to tell how much well, when things you're will grow. 75 right? years old, you really don't care what they're going to be 20 years from now. I think that's an excellent <laughs> point. No, very well said. If I could Thank say something. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll actually add one little bit to that, because okay. I believe the, the taxes currently on a $120,000 house is something like 4400 and I think he said his taxes were 3700 yeah, and that's for all taxing municipalities, okay. obviously. That's yeah. not just for the city of La Crosse. Yeah, yeah, but the, the 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 increase then for the center would then it would actually be under the the number that's yeah. been getting uh, put out there. So sure, and in uh, that number, because we you know if you look at and all things being equal, and assuming that every we and you can't, it's hard to predict exactly what how much the property in the city of La Crosse will will be valued at certain points. But the number that um, uh, the projections in terms of the taxes, it's you know twelve hundred dollars um, for a hundred twenty thousand dollar house uh, over twenty years, but it mm -hmm. it changes every year. So can I can I throw a couple of other sure. pieces of information yep. in there? Is that uh, one of the other things is that. The, the projection assumes that there's absolutely no new construction between right. yep. now and 2039, which we know is ridiculously impossible as a, as a scenario. So as far as Riverside North coming in online, that's $200 million estimated worth of tax base. It's obviously going to offset and share some of that tax burden around. Um, so that, that's just something to keep in mind. This question, um, and this goes back to what I was saying about the Chamber of Commerce um, weighing in on this today. This uh, listener says, the center expansion will clearly benefit members of the Chamber of Commerce most directly. How large of a check are they willing to write to close the gap? What efforts are being taken by the council to leverage chamber contributions before putting this off on the taxpayer? This goes back to the conversation we were having about um, you know, the, the, those who, who directly benefit may be paying more for this mm -hmm. than, than everybody. And I'll answer that one quick, is that, that I rolled in with my suggestion to the mayor to formulate an ad hoc committee once again to protect the board's relationship with the CVB. Um, I just don't see anything that can be gained by pitting those two organizations against each other uh, when really what the center does is purely advisory and the control is in the hands of the council. I, I support bringing it to council to do, but not to mar that relationship. Okay. The Crosstalk Family WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds in the studio with Jessica Olson, a city council member, and also the council's representative on the center board, talking about uh, the Lacrosse Center expansion, a looming vote to potentially override Mayor Tim Cabot's veto of the center expansion plans. Your questions, that's what she's here for. 608 785 7914. We got some uh, who are calling in. Let's put the headphones back on. Yeah. And we'll okay. go to Jim first. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. 
Hi, Mitch and Jesse. Um, Mitch, I've talked to you about this before. I've done the lacrosse Center Holiday Fair for 37 years. Yep. And people think that that money that comes into the community is just for downtown. They're crazy. Number one. You've got all these people that are employed at the center, the red coats, the people that, that set up the, the events and all that. How many of them people live in the area and have families? And they spend that money all over the community, not downtown, and so to speak. It's all over the community. And what's 50 or $60 a year raised on our taxes? We're going to get something out of that, Mitch and Jesse. And, and we need to override that veto of the mayor. He might have a good reasoning for it. But if you don't get some of these events coming in and they go elsewhere, chances are they're going to like it there and never give us a chance again. So we need to get their attention. We need to get something up that, that's going to bring their attention and bring them into the community. And we're going to employ that many more people, and not just in the center, but the businesses all over the community, because you bring in more people into the community. You've got more people working at these businesses, and that brings in more money all the way around. And, and I think it's it, – I, I don't have a question, so to speak. It's just those comments, okay. and, and you can go from there on them, and, and I don't know, right or wrong. Okay. It's, well, let, and, and, and let's get an answer, actually, because I – and I, I have a question, because he, in the studio, Jessica's nodding her head because she clearly agrees with you and, uh, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats kind of idea, and you, you think that that is his reasoning, his logic in relation to this is right on. Yes, I, I I couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate the phone call and the the, the measure of support, and um, I certainly don't denigrate the mayor for the veto. And I I, w I do want to repeat that I think good things have come out of that political pressure. Um, and so, uh, I, Jim, what you just said is absolutely fabulous. All Thank right. you. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. We'll go to Eric, who's next. Eric, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, I have one question. I was wondering uh, why this expansion absolutely, positively, without question, has to go over Riverside Park. Why can't you go south and north instead of going over Riverside Park? That seems to be one of the main, main contentions about this uh, debate, what's going on. Thank you. Well, that was Eric, right? Yeah, Eric. Yep. Oh, well, thanks for the call, Eric. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so th that one is another good question because um, a few months ago, it was November that we Who are you? Oh, that we uh, reviewed. Uh, I was eight different layouts that the engineers had put forward as potential directions to go, yeah, and so. When we took a look at those, what was okay, really important was, well, how much are we getting in terms of this so investment amount? And uh, to go north, we would have to give up the spatial connection between the downtown Pearl Street and the, the Riverside Park, and the downtown business owner said, no, 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 do not do that. Mm -hmm. Well, once that was settled, that really cut six, about, well, seven, uh, well, Six of the options that were in front of us got wiped off the table once mm, that determination wow. was made. Right. So now we're back to, well, we go south or we go west. Mm. We can't go east. Or yeah. I can spend all day explaining every little, little okay. step of this. <laughs> yeah, but, right. So the choice to go <laughs> south, well, then we would be, be looking at needing to purchase the Radisson Ballroom. Right. Sure. And, and to my mind, I'm thinking, well, do we really want to get embroiled into trying to acquire property? And then we're, you know well over a million down, I'm sure, by the time we even own it. And then that reduces how much we can actually build on it. You don't have a logical connection to the river. It just turns into a box that mm -hmm. sits there, and the only people who enjoy it are the people who are going into a center event. It doesn't connect with the park or, or the other members of the public. Sure. 
that otherwise could benefit from a westward expansion. The other benefit to the westward expansion is it provides a shell for the entire existing structure, whereas the south, that only is just an attachment, and you mm. get that, that big gray, you know, coffin-looking structure is going to sit there for another 20 years. Mm. So Okay. Yep. 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. And I don't know if you want to have a name, but thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hello, you're on the air right now. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm on the air now? You are. You are on the air right now, yes. Okay. Um, I agree with the gentleman that spoke about um, bringing in um, uh, money into the city. Uh, La Crosse has always been so conservative. And um, I know I talked to my alderman, and he explained it, and it was just black and white. And I thank the station, and I thank the guest, and I thank you for bringing someone on so that all the people can understand it. Sometimes, you know, these things get round and round and round, and nobody wants to think about it or do anything. But um, good luck, and I hope it comes through. And like you said, the Mississippi River is taken for granted, and it is so beautiful. And when we traveled in Europe and that, uh, people just remarked about it, and and they glorified their rivers over there. So um, good luck, and uh, I hope people uh, feel uh, satisfied with what's going to happen. All right. Okay. Well, I, like, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much, Jessica. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank that you. was a really nice phone call, too. I, I, I want to ask you a question in relation to that phone call because uh, what she said is she talked to her alderman and um, her city council representative, and once she heard more about the plan, it was pretty, it was yeah. pretty easy to agree to. You, and you've said this yeah. a few times. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that usually captures people when you have this conversation? Is there one thing or is it what? When you try to explain it, what's the thing that makes them go, you know what? You might be right. No, it's it's all different. Everybody okay. has different feelings and different. I've had people say, I couldn't care less about the taxes. You charge as much as you need. I just want you to stay out of that park. And you know, I respect that. I do have a constituent. I spent an hour in her kitchen and she's very animated in, in, in expressing that. And eventually we got to the point where she understood, I, well, I'm on the board. I, I have got to advocate for the board. As right. That's part of my role. So we, we came to that understanding yeah, that this this isn't just haphazard. This oh, yeah, has been years in the making, and a, a lot of good, smart people who've who've come together and worked on this in meetings. And my biggest fear is that, and this will be my biggest regret, is if this option doesn't happen because I, as a council member, and I'm an inexperienced, that I I tripped up along the way and didn't go out to the public right. as soon as I as I should mm -hmm. have and I'm now trying to make up for that by you know connecting with people individually and 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 having that conversation with them but it seems every time I have that conversation it it just turns people around to have an open mind mm -hmm. all right are there others on the center board that are doing what you're doing right now <laughs> and if they're not, why not? <laughs> I don't know. And okay. I, I don't have any criticism for any of the other board members. You, you, I, I know you don't. That's fine. Uh, you yeah. never do. But that's, um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, because, I mean, if, like, Brent's sitting at home, like, you know, having a beer or something like that, maybe he should be out knocking on doors. No, no, no. Everybody works hard at what they do. Everybody she brings... still likes you, Brent. <laughs> no, everybody brings different <laughs> talents to the table. You know, Mitch, the beauty of this plan... And the reason this is the right the right thing for lacrosse is that this is it's not a male it's not 
battling and, and jumping over hurdles or getting through one board or the next. This is this can be a, a symphony. This can be all these different boards and committees coming together, okay. bringing what they have to offer to make one great public asset that you know people in the future will will be able to enjoy for for years to come. All right. Let's talk to Doug. I think Doug's got a question or a comment. I'm not sure which. Doug, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Well, interesting uh, discussion. Thanks for uh, for the helpful information. Now, my question is, what is the incremental uh, income going to be generated with the additional $49 million expansion? Is it a half million dollars a year, $1 million a year? Are, are, are you, can I clarify? Are you talking about what kind of is generated by the center? Is that what you're, you're talking about? What sort of income yeah, they can generate? Yeah, so, okay. So yeah, so uh, yeah, you're going to spend forty nine million. Yep. Uh, how much additional revenue are you going to use to help pay for that forty nine? I, I think that's a. That's are you a talking fine about? Uh, okay, so are you asking how are how is the new addition going to cover its operating expenses, like on an annual basis? Uh, or no, yeah, how, yeah. How much? What do you project the additional revenue? Because uh, you're going to get bigger conventions, right. uh, maybe weekends with. Uh, with more money coming in for that convention, how much additional revenue will be generated? It's actually going to end up breaking even. It's going to. Well, that's beautiful. You mean so? Mm-hmm. So you pay for the bond, uh, you know, like if it's additional million dollars, and the bond costs you a million dollars, you break even. Well, it, the, the as far as the cost of the bonds, are you talking about the interest? On it, or yeah, interest, okay, interest, interest in principle to pay it off. Yeah, yes, that it, it's it, see, the center was not designed to be a, a money maker for the city. Uh, we've said for years it's ran in the black just because it's been able to cover its yes. operating expenses. So, it, it, the goal really, if, if we were to want to have a, a profit driven uh, expansion, okay. we would have to bump the price up to 56 million, and then we would be running in the black by. I, Think it was a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand a year. I might be wrong on that one, but there's no way the mayor wants to spend that kind of money. We could go for that and then see a see a profit amount. But really, the only reason that the city is doing not, this is is for the economic. You know, I'm not asking for a, yep. for a profit. If you could, if mm-hmm. you can pay for the expansion with the additional revenue coming in uh, generated because it's bigger and you're gonna you're gonna just rent more space. It's a no brainer. Then you do it. If 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 the income is not that much to pay for the, the cost of the $49 million, then you don't do it. Well, here, the, you, so, you, you hit that, on a big point. I want to I want to latch on to that because that was why yep. the center board turned down the plan B2. See, the mayor asked the architects to scale it back to the budget level that he insisted we, we maintain. And once they did that, they realized that, that's, that the expansion would run in, to, run in the red by about $80,000 a year, and they said, no, don't do it. That's not worth building. You will regret building that. And, and so. we'll get, we have to leave it there for now. But I and I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. But that is you know and that and I hear he's approaching this from the standpoint of cash flow. If you were if, if our business, if our radio station was purchasing another radio station, we would want to be able to flow that so that it was not it was not costing us money down the road that we could pay all of our expenses and um, and pay the note on that and it not uh, not run into problems here. I want you to stick around. I want you to ask a few more questions. We're going to take a break, uh, get to some news, and we'll be back. Uh, there's much more to come, and I got ha- I have a couple more questions for Jessica, so I don't want her to go just yet, and I'm sure you do too. More to come. Stick around. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. The people have spoken. Now you can too.
The Crosstalk PM and WYZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center. Talk a text line. You can call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the program. 608-785-7914-785-7914. Um, um, I have... Uh, Jessica Olson was kind enough to join us here for a little while this afternoon and uh, talk about the Lacrosse Center expansion. She is not only on the Lacrosse City Council, um, a new member, newish, but uh, she's also the, the representative on the Lacrosse Center board. And as such, is in the middle of this ongoing discussion about what to do with the Lacrosse Center. So she was kind enough to come in here and answer some questions. I got a couple more, um, and we'll uh, we'll take a few more questions. This is obviously a very it's a big issue, not only because it's the biggest municipal um, project dollar-wise the city has ever tackled, but because it, it has sparked, as these things do, a little bit of emotion, some fury almost within the city of La Crosse. Um, and uh, you can uh, join us here on the air uh, using the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608-785-794. This hour, by the way, brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery. Uh, I, and I want to be, before we let you go, I want to ask you just a, a couple more questions and and we have a, um, someone, a libertarian guy, has uh, sent in a number of text messages uh, s- uh, suggesting that this is a zero-sum game and that um, a zero-sum transaction and says if she cut my taxes, then the added money I would have to spend would also create jobs. So, although, I, I mean, we, so if you have... Okay, we kind of have to go back to what the the last caller was asking about about the how the how the money coming in for the convention to the lacrosse center uh, through additional conventions would add to the books, if you will, mm-hmm. add add to the revenue for the lacrosse center. At the heart of it, at the heart of this entire conversation, is the additional economic activity into the city and the community utilizing this space not as a not as a business because it's not but as a as a civic center right i mean that's mm-hmm. that's that's the whole conversation isn't yeah, it it's yeah. a, it's about what this brings into the community in dollars correct this is a public works project really okay. at its core it's it's really not and it's it's sort of unfortunate that there's been some confusion and if if i if I answered the last caller in, in an inaccurate way, I certainly didn't mean to. I thought he was referring to the operating revenues being covered, and that's not the case. There okay. is going to be a bond payment um, that it, it's, it is going to have a levy impact. And even under the, the budget that the mayor has put forward, there would still be uh, an impact to taxes. Um, in fact, it's 80% as much as when we brought forward this this $49 million proposal. So there was only a 20% bump up to get the winning floor plan um, out there for council to approve. So, you know, as far as the tax impact to, to the ordinary citizens, it is it is sort of asking for faith that this is in the best interest of the city going forward. And it's not always about what, what dollar goes into whose pocket, that it's, it's a community endeavor and it's for community benefit. And... Um, you know, I'll be happy to talk it over with anybody who wants to, you know, share that concern with me because I think we're at a we're at a juncture where we have to earn everybody's trust. Why, if if that if if this is a community endeavor, why so far, and we are late in the game. We are <laughs> we are a couple of votes away from having to go back to the drawing board on this one. Yes. Why are we 
hearing about this in terms of the community endeavor. Why is there an emphasis on this just now? Why do we have groups like Explore Lacrosse and Seven Rivers Alliance and Chamber of Commerce and all these groups who are focused on business activity, who are focused on, you know, whatever hotel expansion, mm-hmm. focused on the conventions that we're going to get from the Dells, and not focused on the idea that this is a community endeavor, that this is helpful to people. The bottom line of number three who called earlier, mm-hmm. who's talking about his taxes, um, about, I always bring up Dorothy on the south side, her taxes. I think she's my constituent, I by think the way. She actually lives in your district, so yes, she is. Yes, she is. Why Why hasn't there been a focus on that? How come people on the Lacrosse Center board have not been out in the public talking about this as a community endeavor? That is our failure, Mitch. Okay. I don't. I certainly don't point the blame anywhere but at myself and uh, to some extent the, the board as a whole. I think our inexperience, because it's not every day or every decade that you do something of this magnitude, um, that we... In, in hindsight, we should have reached out to the planning department because those are those guys are the pros at knowing how to involve the public in a way that people are aware of what's going on. And I also take personal responsibility because even though this has been in the news for about six months, I, I didn't get a single phone call or email until two days before the final vote. Yeah. And that, that really took me aback to think, well, then if there's no public interest or opposition, well, then why would I waste money? Because every time we have the architects come up, it's thousands of dollars. It's in, in their time and travel and all that. So to put together a public information session when, by all measure, I, I would have thought nobody would have shown up. Yeah, okay. Now, obviously, the word's out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one of the things right. I've already requested Brent Smith do is on the meeting on the 13th to have it noticed for action to, to go out there the following week into the neighborhoods and do public question and answer sh- sessions because you're totally right. We, we dropped the ball, and we should have been out there and, and, and engaging with the public a lot sooner than this. So I thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. You already answered 200 emails. Okay, we have to get the news, but you've already answered 200 emails. Are you willing to take more questions from people if they if they email you or call you or, or stop you in the grocery store absolutely okay. i am your public servant okay. <laughs> jess golson thank you so much for coming in i really appreciate it i know everybody does uh hearing you answer the questions they may not agree with you they may think you're stealing your money or as one person called you a a b- big government advocate which is super funny <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I know your dad likes that one too, yeah, right? Yeah. Your dad is sitting there going, "Oh, uh-huh, yeah, my daughter, a big government advocate." Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he's sitting in the car listening right now because <laughs> he doesn't have a radio. <laughs> All right, but again, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, this is the Crosstalk PM and Wisdom Newsroom, and we'll be right back right after this. For Wisdom News, I'm Rick Sullivan at eight, Chris Lane at ten p.m., and in between that. The fireworks around 9.45 that were delayed from last night's thunderstorms. For Wisdom News, I'm Rick Solom. Keeping the lacrosse area informed since 1923, this is Wisdom News. News Talk 1410 AM at 92.3 FM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Talk PM on WYZM. More recalls and comments coming up after this word about Bion Service Center on Jackson Street in lacrosse. Uh, sometimes people ask me just to tell them about Bion's. Now tell me about Bion's. And I think to tell the entire story of my relationship with Bions, you'd have to uh, go back to all the times that um, I called in at the last minute and needed to schedule an oil change because I'm terribly disorganized and they were able to get me in or um, the time that I was uh, driving the old Durango, uh, doing some stuff, you know, I had the trailer on doing yard work and stuff like that. And I picked up a roofing nail and uh, drove in. This is a Sunday, mind you, a Sunday. And one of the guys there 
uh, could see that I was working hard and dropped what he was doing and fixed my tire so I could get back to work with what I was doing. Again, on a Sunday when they're open. There was a time Randy put my wife's car up on the lift because she damaged some kind of bit of her undercarriage um, uh, in d- during a heavy snow and, uh, you know, managed to fix it and get her back on the road and, and just right, right away. My mother-in-law, the time she stopped because uh, she had uh, tires that were, uh, that seemed to be losing air and uh, they took care of her and didn't charge her anything. <laughs> I mean, I can go on and on about all these great experiences I've had about Bions, but at the end of the day, you know, it's this great relationship that I've built with Bions over the years that you could too. And, um, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's like, it's kind of like their family. Like you can trust them like family. Anyway, that's why they're my mechanic for life. And why I tell people all the time, the only place in lacrosse I'll take my car is for repair, service, and maintenance. Bion Service Center. Folks, just go. Leah Vukmir for U.S. Senate. I'm Leah Vukmir, and I approve this message. Paid for by Leah for Senate. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-794. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery in Lacrosse, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Give us a call on that at 608-785-794. The Better Hearing Center, by the way, celebrating great news this weekend, moving uh, both of their locations into one location in on Alaska at 1101 Main Street. Uh, it is a fantastic location right across from St. Pat's. And um, if that is, if you ever have a problem, a you know, driving there, and I know that's a real thing for some people, give them a call because they make house calls so they can come to you. All right, 608-785-7914. We had Jessica Olson in the studio for a little little over an hour, actually, and we talked about the lacrosse center and some of the issues related to that in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of questions, tons of questions yet, but, um, you know, we have some, hopefully you have some additional answers and uh, contact her. She's willing to, uh, you know, she's willing to answer your questions. 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. Liked a lot of the conversation, the con- con- uh, questions and answers that we uh, that we had in relation to this. So we'll uh, we'll go to the phones. We've got uh, Kent on the line. Kent, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah, hi, Mitch. I, uh, I'm I'm for this expansion because uh, this is going to create a lot of jobs. It's going to lower people's property taxes. It's going to bring in extra money over the years. And it's going to benefit the downtown and the hotels. And uh, I'm definitely for this because if we don't have that uh, vote on the 12th override the veto, uh, Mayor Cabot, then the lacrosse center will just dry up. But I'm definitely for this. God bless you. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air. Uh, That... So there's two two ways. Okay, so this uh, this uh, listener using the Better Hearing Center talk a text line says the Brookings Institute confirms that the convention center market is way oversaturated. As a result, too many convention centers struggle to provide the economic benefit they initially promised. Uh, these centers require huge investments, money that could be better used to bolster the quality of life, the parks, the retailing, homeless situation. Uh, this is just a terrible business to be in right now. In the past 20 years, convention center space has increased about 80%, and the convention uh, business has decreased about 30%. So. Um, yeah. 
so there, and and this is this is where you start to get a divide. Not it's not where you start to get a divide, but this is where the divide in relation to the amount that you're investing in the lacrosse center and whether that's worth the amount that is returned from the lacrosse center. And these are all projections because you're not only looking and, and, and great, you know, I certainly appreciate that. Like the listener pointing out a, a study about convention center business right now. Um, but you're projecting into the future, you know, decades and what is how how things are now won't be how they are, you know, two decades from now. So everybody's guessing on this thing. Whether you're guessing on whether the investment of property taxes is going to be worth what is returned in terms of economic activity. Because again, this this is projected. What is projected for this lacrosse center expansion? All all projections. <laughs> nobody nobody knows. But projected from this expansion is $12 million a year in economic activity into just the city of La Crosse, which goes, obviously, filters out into the rest of the region. So these are consultants who are being paid to, you know, and, and in, in truth, there's going to be a little, there's going to be a rosy side to their projections. But... There are those who, who believe that, so Kent just called and talked about the impact on the economy, and I, I don't know, you know, may, will that lower property taxes? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it won't lower property taxes, all right? Will it create jobs? Yeah. I mean, and Jess Golson was in here talking about the jobs, and, and in truth, when you, when you start talking about what kind of jobs, they don't sound great. Direct impact? We talk about wait staff and cooks and maids and I don't know, like a restaurant general manager. Does that sound great? Not, not really. But those who are advocating for this and not doing it very well, by the way, <laughs> they've been they've they've sucked. Let's just put it, let's let's be clear. This has been a really bad, bad, as I said over and over again. This has been a horrible public affairs process that they've gone through, public relations, and selling this thing. Felt like they didn't have to. Uh, and I, I, I keep telling them, paint the picture so that the people who are paying the property taxes believe it's going to benefit them. And they, and they haven't done it. And in fact, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, they put out an email blast today saying, support the Lacrosse Center expansion. This is why it's going to be wonderful. And all that looks like to to uh, Dorothy on the south side is, look, business loves this because they're going to get more business. It doesn't say anything about how it's going to benefit them. And it's been it's been just awful from the very beginning. It's lazy is what it is. And it's people who should know better. The center, lacrosse center director, Art Faye, he should know better. Brent Smith, the president of the center board, if he was taking that role seriously, hell, he should know better too. I don't know if Jessica Olson gets a pass necessarily, but you know, as a person who's been on the city council for like a year and a half, probably a little bit of one anyway, if you want to sell this, which you should have been doing from day one, you would have sold it on the benefits to the whole community, if there are benefits to the whole community. They're saying there are, and I, you know what? And truth is, if the projection holds true, 
that it's $12 million a year that will come into the economy, the local economy, from outside, come into the local economy and not destroy other business along the way, but create, have those dollars come into the local economy, you know what? It will have a positive impact. Not something that Dorothy's going to feel directly, necessarily, but it will have a positive impact. And it's not just wait staff and, you know, and table dancers. Well, table dancers might, I don't know if anybody has table dancers. It's not going to be just that. It'll ripple. Because that's what, that's what economic activity does. People buy cars and people hire plumbers. 608 A ton of messages coming in on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. We'll get to those. Your calls as well. 608-785-7914. More to come. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This is where pressing issues of the day are decided. Make sure your voice is heard. Call now at 785-7914. And your thoughts are next on Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. This hour brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery and Lacrosse. You can give us a call on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call or text on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line at 608 785 Better Hearing Center. Just this week, relocating both of their offices to a single office on Main Street in Alaska. That's 1101 Main Street, right across from St. Pat's. And don't forget that they make free house calls. 608-785-7914. A number of people weighing in on the Better Hearing Center talk at text line. We've been talking about the Lacrosse Center expansion, a couple different developments. Uh, well, we're, we're a week away from Lacrosse City Council being able to over having an opportunity to override Mayor uh, Tim Cabot's veto of the Lacrosse Center expansion. He said, no, it's too expensive, it's in the park, I don't want it in the park, and it's ugly. Those were basically his three reasons. Um, the too expensive part, is a, that's a big one to tackle. Because it is, what, what expense, how expensive is too expensive? Is any expense too expensive? And there's some interesting takes on that because the 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 argument that and you heard Jess Golson she was in the studio uh, in the last hour talking uh, answering questions in relation to the lacrosse center and echoing that that idea that this is going to create economic activity it's an investment in the community and and all of that and it's this, it's a public works project she called it a public works project. Uh, I think this is one of the problems that the lacrosse center people run into over and over again is that for years they have they've made these grand pronouncements about how they're running in the black and how everything they're they were running making a profit or whatever the language that they're using and so there is this conception or this uh, probably no it's a misconception that this is somehow not a government entity or, it's, or it shouldn't be treated or should or should operate differently at the end of the day all of all this is is an extension of city hall this is not business it's government so uh here is this question last time a government run entity um Okay, no, I'm sorry. Why not privatize the Lacrosse Center? It seems Lacrosse is competing against Wisconsin Dells Area Convention Centers, which are private entities. When was the last time a government-run entity? 
uh, something profit. I don't know. Private enterprises do it better at making a profit. They have to, or they don't stay in business. That's me. That's my part of that. If you don't make a profit, you don't stay in business. The lacrosse center doesn't make a profit. It stays in business because at the end of the day, it is a, it's, it's public works and it, and it provides a couple of things which have without doubt debatable value for everybody in the city of lacrosse. Just like, frankly, just like a park does. It's essentially, look at it this way. It's a big old fat park. It's a big old park with seats in it and convention space and a caterer's area and a place to, uh, you know, have a wedding. At the end of the day, that's all it is. It's a big old fat park. Um, yeah, so the, you know, the idea of thinking about this, thinking about this as some sort of moneymaker is it, it was that's that's the lacrosse center shooting themselves in the foot because they set because they identified themselves as a as running in the black which they never did because there was because we're still looking at you know at least eight million dollars of deferred maintenance a business that really runs in the black also sets money aside to take care of things like, you know, if that was, if it was a private entity, they would have replaced the seats. They charge more for conventions. They charge more for any number of different things. That would have happened. There would have been, you know, they'd be paying people a lot less to work there. That's for sure. It's a big old fat park run by the city of La Crosse. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Greg says uh, nebulous concepts like Olson's public works project is to obscure the failure of publicly funded convention centers. I mean, to the extent that it has failed, I, I, I mean, if you look at failure as being it is not it is not self sustainable, then yes. If failure is it's not self sustainable, then absolutely. It's not self-sustainable. You, you can't. They can't flow the $49 million they want to spend on that place. There is no question. Being honest and upfront about that is, is what they should have been doing six months ago, frankly. 608-785-7914. What do we got here? Um, okay. Libertarian guy says it is government. Public works is roads, water, not convention centers. Yeah. No question. I mean, you know, I'm trying to find trying to find a way to define this in a way that makes sense to all of you. So, public works is probably not the best way to, to identify it. Um, but it, but it's not a private thing either. It's not a private convention center. It's a public entity. I mean, the the closest thing that you could say that it is is like is a is a like I said a park. I mean, a municipal harbor, maybe? Something along those lines. It's never going to live on its... It's never going to sustain itself, ever. 
608-785-7914. The best that you can hope for from the lacrosse center is to, you know, once in a while go to a show there, maybe, although many of you never will. The best that you can hope for is that it generates economic activity and in some way boosts the local economy. That's it, which is what any tourist attraction would do. What do we got here? Let's go to the phones. Uh, we got uh, Clyde. Let's go there. Clyde, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. City of Lacrosse, do they still own Forest Hills? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, isn't that the model that they should look at for uh, once this expansion goes through? So privately, guy, privately managed? Yeah, privately managed, yeah. They, you know, the city still owns it, but, yep. uh, you know, they... It is a Forest Hills that's a 24-7, 365 operation. And Forest Hills, as far as I know, breaks even or makes money, doesn't it? Well, uh, no. <laughs> yes and no, but it does, you know, it is a it is a park, and it does, it is funded. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. it's funded well, through, it, 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 the, so improvements are, are uh, in part, uh, not entirely, but in part funded through the, the city, so no, it's not. Well, if if it well if it if it's not uh, if it's just a minuscule funded uh, Scott Robert Shaw would be on the three times a week be barking about uh, something that's only open uh, six months out of the year, <laughs> wouldn't he be? So, uh. but this is a three sixty five, twenty four seven operation. That is there anything going on at the Lacrosse Center tonight? I and if there, and if there isn't, I... why not? I don't know. I have no idea. It, it should it should be making money. It should it shouldn't be breaking even. It shouldn't be just uh, well, you know, we're running it in the black. No, it should be it should be making money. It should be a cash cow for City of Crow. Tell me why. Why should it why should it be that? Because it it is a it is a, a property. It is uh, attached to the uh, the Radisson. And I'm with a group that's trying to get a convention to come in in 2021. Okay. And uh, the Radisson said, well, we're going to be charging over $250 a room by then because uh, we're going to have this great lacrosse, lacrosse center. And uh, we're going to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So, so if Radisson can jack their prices for convention goers, the, the lacrosse center itself should be able to make money with it as well. Okay. All right. I mean, and I, you would have to, you would have to change, you would have to change what the, what the operational goal is of the lacrosse center, because it was never to make money. That was Absolutely. never the intention. Yeah. Because it's a government operation. Right. Exactly. It's, it should not be a government operation. It should right. be. And then, so at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is that it should not, the government, what you're saying is the government should not be in the business that we ha- we can forget about this whole conversation about the center expansion. You, what you're saying is get the hell out of the, uh, the operation of the convention center. Yeah, a okay. private, uh, private, contr- private management, publicly owned. And if you, if and it was privately, can, that way, if, if that it way was, you can hold the, hold the feet to the fire to the management. If, if it was privately managed, do you believe that it would cash flow to a point where it would be able to pay for whatever this forty nine million dollar expansion is? Do you think private management would make that flow so that there was no, uh, there was no hit to the uh, to property taxpayers? 
Yes, because a private manager would be looking at it as a 24-7, 365 operation. And if I'm not having a, an event there, what's, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get an event in there? And I have to admit, I don't know whether there's an event there tonight. So I appreciate the call. 608-785-7914. Rare is it that there's, there's not something going on there. Uh, 785-7914. As managed as a government entity, and we're getting far afield from this conversation about whether there should be a lacrosse center expansion or what size it should be, or whether it should go in the park or what it should look like, but as managed as a government entity, it has a different goal than if it were managed as a private entity. 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. Let's go next to um, somebody. Who? Oh, let's go to Justin then. Justin, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Yeah. This, I think we've said it before in the past. Uh, again, the fact that the government's running this is part of the problem. Um, the taxes are going up on everyone in the city, but not everyone in the city are realizing the benefits from this. And yet, there's the argument that it's an economic driver, and it might do that. But who's benefiting from that uh, that boost in the economy? A bunch of people that own properties downtown and businesses downtown are going to reap the benefits from there. So unless you can find a way to collect the benefits they're getting from it and take a little bit of the cut of that to offset the property taxes to the general populace, um, it just doesn't make sense. It, it's corporate welfare. It's no different than um, funding sports stadiums. It's people that have resources already are benefiting the most. Um, it's a great idea. It looks, you know, if they could make it work without being a public thing, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, as Clyde was saying, private management might be able to do something better there. If you're going to do that, open up space inside there and rent it out. Get some private people selling ice cream around the clock, whatever hours Run it more like that, and then encourage, yeah, 24-7 activities if possible. They're better off saving the $50 million, spending $2 million on a band shell, which the general populace can go to and, and hear public free venues, um, as opposed to Dorothy, who doesn't really care that much if some uh, heavy metal band comes to town and she's got to pay 100 bucks a ticket to go see, mm-hmm. or a farmer's convention that she's not interested in you got to think about who's paying for this and who's getting the benefit. Okay. So you're not, you're not buying that argument about econ- the rising tide lifts all boats, that kind of thing, the economic we activity. Don't, we don't need 200, 300 additional part-time $10 an hour jobs. Okay. Catering and service related. Right. We need, we need uh, professional jobs that yeah. are yeah. making 40, 45 plus thousand a year. Yeah, a little argument there. <laughs> there's, not much, there's not much to argue there, Justin. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914 if you'd like to join us here on the air. Uh, listener says, I think the mayor's correct in his veto of the center project. The lacrosse center has been a, uh, a giant succubus for years. They claim to be in the black, but they can't even provide for their own maintenance. What's to say this new one won't be even a bigger succubus? Yeah, it's got to be run uh, it, it, I think that there has to be the sense that when you are operating this, that you have to reach a point where you are, you, you, you ought to have enough revenue coming in to at least do the maintenance that's required to keep the doors open. I think that you have to have, you have to commit to that. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. 
Yeah, didn't Dan Kapenke do a great job with Copeland Park there? He, is, yep. is, he, yep. he seemed to have a yep. pretty successful operation donor as a private yep. person. Yep, paid paid for all that. Loggers paid for all that. Yep, great great example, Eric. That was perfect. I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Um, he is the one benefiting from that, however. Um, and then there are others surrounding businesses who benefit from him being there as well. This is Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Hi, I'm Tina, the owner of Java Vino and Absolutely Edible. My experience working with Ultra as opposed to my prior bank is just night and day. They open the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. The Crosstalk PM and WIZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds. This hour has been brought to you by Pearl Street Brewery. Uh, thanks to Pearl Street Brewery and Habitat for Humanity for supporting us uh, during the show today. Thanks to Jessica Olson for coming in, taking some time, answering questions about the Lacrosse Center expansion. It's pretty good stuff. Call her. Call her. <laughs> She'll answer your questions. Thanks and my love to Anna. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom. I know.